Benny. Tyler. M- remember when uh, Warner Brothers put all their stuff for streaming last week? I do. I'm super excited about that. Yeah. Apparently, uh, everyone else in the industry is not. Yeah, it appears there's a lot of pissed off people. <laughs> yes, a lot. Um, from directors and actors to other companies and movie theaters. Yeah, it looks like Legendary Pictures is considering uh, legal action. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Which is wild to me. Yeah. Especially, you know, if they don't have, you know, depending on what the rights are. Like, if they're like, if they don't actually have the, the rights, which I don't think they do, then I gotta wonder if this is kind of dead before it starts. Yeah. Well, and, and so, like, my whole take on like seeing this that like Legendary is going to sue Warner Brothers because they're not happy about this and stuff because obviously they are thinking oh if it's in theaters we get more money but it seems kind of like a not an overly brilliant play unless like Legendary is like nope we don't want it on streaming services yet we want it in theaters but like theaters are closed mm-hmm. and we're still not getting better so they're not going to open anytime soon so this legendary like wanting to sue them to like stop this from happening and then delay the release of any of their films for like another six months to a year is that is that their game plan yeah i i don't fucking know no it's it's it's, it's super odd yeah. where i would be chapped is if i was some of these actors and actresses because i saw that uh Gal Gadot in her contract for Wonder Woman got a percentage of the like the back end, like the theatrical revenue. Oh, yep. That was worked into her contract on top of her like base salary for doing the film. So like if you're some of these actors and you're like, you know, promised 5% of like theater revenue and it doesn't go to theaters at all. That could be a, a big hit, but I'm pretty sure I also saw I'm not sure if it was in this article that uh, because of those like clauses in the contracts and stuff that um, Warner Brothers paid out her and a few other people like an additional $10 million. That makes sense. To try and compensate for that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people uh, aren't happy about this and have made some, had, have said some uh, fairly choice words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, what was it? I think Christopher Nolan was talking about it, and he was like, imagine you're a filmmaker, and one day you're, uh, your movie's slated to be in theaters, and then you woke up the next morning to your movie being on the worst streaming platform on the planet. That's a pretty, <laughs> pretty big jab. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I, 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 is HBO Max the worst streaming platform on the planet? Uh, probably not, but... I wouldn't think so. I would think that like Peacock would take that crown, but yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but again, it seems like a lot of people aren't, uh, aren't happy about this, but I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how some of these lawsuits play out. I didn't yeah. add the story to our news feed cause I just saw it this morning when I woke up, but it appears like the plan is still to do the dual release, like on HBO max and theaters kind of in the States. In Canada, it will not be releasing on our HBO platform, which is tied into the Crave subscription. 
but we will have access to these movies on release date, but through actual like video on demand rental services. So I think, uh, okay. Yep. So I think like when they do the release in theaters and on HBO max in the States, it'll be released in Canada as well, but through video on demand for 30 bucks. Okay. Hmm. Which is a little bit of a bummer, but yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, it is. I, I'm still okay with this. I'm still yeah. okay with the, with the idea of films doing theatrical releases and $30 rentals. Like, yeah. I still think that once theaters open, like, I'm sure that, you know, maybe business goes down just a little bit, but I'm sure in the long run, if they can do a dual $30 rental and a theatrical release, that more revenue will be made. I'm still confident in that claim. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, when when you think about it, like, 30 bucks really isn't that bad. I, like, we talked about that when Mulan was doing that mm-hmm. kind of pay-per-view thing. Like, that's that's about what it would cost you, you know, to go out and do that. So, it's it's not like they're like, hey, it's here. It's not like it's a UFC fight where it's like, pay us 120 bucks, right? You know? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. People are mad at Warner Brothers. Yeah. And speaking of theaters, it looks like AMC is doing super not well. No. Which is also pretty wild given that it's like the biggest theater chain in the state. So if if they're on the verge, it looks like they're running out of cash and could be out of money by as soon as January. Yeah. And if they run out of money, I have to wonder how some of these other theater chains are doing because like I said, like AMC's the biggest one, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I don't like each each one's gonna have their own financial position, but mm-hmm. but it's definitely uh yeah yeah. So it's not looking good for them. No, it looks like they're trying to they're pulling in some like more debt, and they've got someone I can't remember what the company was, but someone just invested one hundred and twenty five million or one hundred and fifty million into them recently. Okay. But okay. still, if uh, if COVID's still a thing and those theaters aren't opening soon, they're gonna be they're gonna be done by the end of the first quarter. I think. Yeah, I yeah, I think you're right. Or it will not be a large chain. I'll just end up liquidating a bunch of their stuff, and maybe it becomes where hey, there isn't four or five AMC theaters in a city. Maybe there's one. Yeah, very possible. Or we see, you know, in the final hour when they're pleading for money and they're willing to take anything, we see some of these studios go in and purchase large portions of them. Yeah, true. But when you think of, uh, like, how Disney is pivoting to uh, a lot of their streaming stuff and Warner Brothers now, like, do they want to spend that money? (laughs) Buy physical theaters? Probably not. Probably not, but if you're like if these if if AM I'm I'm thinking if AMC is to the point where they have like no money and yeah. they're on the verge of filing for bankruptcy, it wouldn't be too difficult for like these other companies, <clears throat> these media companies and production companies like Warner Bros or Disney or whatever who have tons of money and they still have a bunch of revenue coming in because they have such a, a diverse portfolio of revenue streams. Yeah. To pick some of these up when they're like, you know, pennies the, to the dollar of what they were worth. 
Yeah, that is fair. And then just hold on to it, you know? Yeah, that is fair. But yeah. I mean, I, I guess only time will tell with that. Yeah, I'll be curious if they get some last-ditch help or something or, or what's going on, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like we'll know in the first in the next few months. Yeah, strange times we're living in. Yes. And then, uh, so last week we talked about uh, Hugh Grant doing that uh, show with the Black Mirror creator. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there was a follow-up story this week uh, with pretty much a bunch of the other people they added to the cast. And it's kind of a really good cast. Yeah, that looks pretty impressive. Yeah. And you got Samuel Jackson, Lisa Kudrow. You know, who else do we got? Kumal Nanjini. Yeah. Leslie Jones. Yeah. It's uh it, it's shaping up to kind of maybe be something all right. And there's official there's an official teaser for it now, which I Is I'll there? be completely honest, I have not watched it yet, but just Another given vibe. given the cast and given who is behind this, I'm most definitely going to watch it. Yeah, for sure. Especially because it seems like it's a one-time dealio thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. No, I'll, I'll definitely check it out. I mean, that's a pretty rock star cast, and I like the guy who makes Black Mirror, so. Yeah, I just wish there'd be more Black Mirror already. Like, I'm fucking dying over here. Yeah. It's been so long since we got a Black Mirror season. Yeah. Yeah. And the last one was only like four episodes. Like it wasn't enough to like carry me through a full goddamn year. No. Nope. I, uh, I also want more Black Mirror. But I mean, I'll take this in the meantime. Yeah, I suppose so. I'll take what I can get, but (laughs) yeah. Give me that Black Mirror. And then we got Gal Gadot is going to be in a Bond-esque spy thriller called Heart of Stone. Yeah. Which I'm all for. Yeah, me too. Like, I like these these female-led casts where they do thrillers like the Atomic Blonde and that other, well, the other one that Dis- or Disney, that Netflix just did with... Uh, oh, the old guard? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, so, like, I'm totally into this. Yeah. yeah. Me too. I, uh, yeah, I'm totally into this. Like, I think I liked Atomic Blonde more than The Old Guard. Yeah, I did as well. Because I, like, I remember going into Atomic Blonde, not like having real, like, real any expectations. And I came out going, like, that was a really fucking good time. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. And it seems like they're kind of. They're like, yeah, we kind of want to do like a Gal Gadot movie with kind of like Mission Impossible or 007. And it's like, yeah, fuck, sign me up. Yeah, and I support all this stuff. And like, yeah. I, I think this is a better way to, a, a good route to go if they want to establish kind of like a female equivalent of James mm-hmm. Bond. Because I'll, I'll be completely honest, when there was all the petitioning and crying, like, once uh daniel craig announced like he was officially stepping down as bond and there was all that outcry where it's like perfect new bond let's make the new bond a female it's like james bond is james bond you can't just make james bond jamie lynn bond right like yeah like if you're gonna go that route 
like spin off one of the Bond characters into like its own thing, right? Like do it that way, but don't yeah, don't fuck, you, don't fuck with the James Bond character, right? Yeah, you can't just make James Bond a female, and it's but, like not sexist or anything like that. It's just like James Bond is a long running character in like film and novels. Mm-hmm. He, he, I don't know. I just it would be yeah. weird to me. Yeah, for sure. I agree. And yeah. So I think going this route is the way to go and I'm all for this. I mean Gal Gadot has kind of proven that you can definitely hold up a movie. You know, oh for so sure. I think you know, you get better in the right kind of thriller kind of thing. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I'm down for this. Mm-hmm. And it looks like the uh, script is being written by the uh, people that did the old guard too. So, so it should be should be a decent script. Yeah. Yep, yeah. I think so. So yeah, this is cool. Hmm. I'm not sure how I feel about this next piece, though. Yes. So. so go ahead. The, the Kingsman production company is teasing seven more fucking movies which I I don't know what to think of this either <laughs> it just seems like too fucking much and I, yeah. I I liked the Kingsman I liked the first one and I liked Kingsman Golden Circle yeah I don't know how excited I how excited I am for like the Kingsman prequel yeah that they're doing I mean I'll reserve judgment until like more details are released or maybe we get some sort of like full trailer or teaser trailer something to that effect but i mean my gripe with this is like i like the characters that are in the kingsman franchise like Mm -hmm. i can't i can't remember buddy's name but you know the main guy who plays iggy or ziggy or oh uh joel edgerton yeah yep so like i like him in that role so like if this is gonna be like oh yeah he's our guy and we're gonna do some like cool Kingsman spy thrillers, you know, every couple of years with him in the main role, then yeah, I can get behind that. But I just, I don't think that he's going to sign on for a seven film deal. No. And I think this is the likelihood is pretty slim. No. And I think what this will end up being is like, there'll be a few with him. And then I bet they do some spinoffs where it's like, you know, cause in that golden circle, they introduced like the American equivalent of it. You know, so do you do a few movies, you know, with those guys, you know, right? Like I could see that is kind of being how they go with it. And and in some regards, I would be I would be OK with that to an extent if it's done in the same vein, because the reason that I like the Kingsman movies was because of the way they were shot. Yeah, that is true. Like that one scene from the very first Kingsman movie where the like old agent is like in the church oh yep and has that like gnarly fight scene and like the way that that was filmed and the way it was timed with the with the music like that was amazing and i was like yep i am fucking sold on this and same thing with the golden circle when they were having some of those fights on the the island towards the end yep. and it's just like the choreography with the, the unique style of filming it like for action shots where it wasn't just like violently shaky handy cam like footage like it was it was very very well shot yeah there and so yeah if they keep up with that yeah. like the the unique shooting and like all that other stuff then i could probably get on board with it but as soon as you have seven movies 
or like and again this is all just like they're teasing seven movies this isn't yeah. like officially confirmed right but no. i feel like they'll be like okay well you know we can't have the same writers directors producers you know film crew video editors like because they're i can only assume with the ambition to do that many films that they'll like you said they'll fracture it so they center around different people and of course it'll be i imagine very similar to marvel where they're like oh we'll get this director to do a couple of these mm-hmm. and we'll try someone else over there and then as soon as you start mixing different directorial visions with different editor and production views and visions of how the film should go then you end up with seven films that are you know part of the same universe they're in the same franchise but they're so different and it works for like marvel's universe yeah but i don't i don't know if it would work i don't know yeah i don't know if it'll work for a kingsman universe yeah and that's kind of one of those things that it'd be hard to tell until you know you see one that they tried right Mm -hmm. but no like i agree with the choreography like it it reminded me of uh the john wick choreography like not that they're similar but like in the sense that it was just so well done right yeah where like you just walk or you watch it and you're just like this is so well done yeah like sign me up you know and it's not to say someone else can't come in with their own you know style and and do it really good but you know that's yeah yeah i'm i'm curious what this ends up you know being like if it's you know because they got that prequel coming out you know so is there you know, is there, you know, prequel to the American one, you know, or is there like a modern day American one? Is there one where they all kind of come together in like some kind of Avengers-esque thing? And I, I feel like that's what they're shooting for. I, yeah. I, I believe that like my guess would be when they thought seven films in like one massive expanded universe. Like it seems like a lot of people saw how well Marvel did a cinematic universe yeah and are like that's what we need we need a universe where we have different storylines in different countries we you know with yeah. different blah 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 and then we bring them together for like some grandiose film towards yeah. the end and like it absolutely like i love the idea of like a un a spanning universe with legit continuity yeah. in between it yeah. but it's such an ambitious goal that there, yeah. there are more things that could go wrong than right because it just takes, you know, one person who plays a character like Joel Edgerton, for example, if he does two of them and then goes, okay, I'm done doing these films, I'm I'm out. And then all of a sudden, like, that's a fracture in that universe where it's like, hey, do you recast him but keep the character? Do you, like, kill him off? Like, there's just so much that can ruin the continuity of a universe. It's It's ambitious and it's tricky. It's tricky as fuck. Yeah, because you, you got to, you know, speaking of, you know, getting him on for that, you kind of got to do the Marvel thing where it's like, here's your contract, you know, where they've got like specific ones, right? Like where it's like, they're not going to get Christian Bale for seven movies, but then get him for one as a villain, you know? So it's like, but when you're dealing with like the main character, it's like, okay, here's the contract, you know, here's your four movie deal, right? You know, and those are best uh, when they're put like in play before any of the movies start, not yeah. like three in, where it's like now Joel Edgerton is quite a bit bigger than he was when he did the first one, you know. So it's mm-hmm. like, does he want to do three more? And maybe he does. Maybe he really likes, you know, 
working with Matthew Bond, right? Like maybe there's a really good relationship and he's like, yeah, you keep doing them. I'll keep, I'll keep doing them, you know, or maybe he's kind of like, well, you know, I got some Oscar buzz and stuff like that. Maybe I want to go do some other stuff. Right. Yeah. And that's my concern. Cause like, like, like I said, like Marvel does it so well, but like, if you want an example of that, just falling the fuck apart, just look at DC and the massive, yeah. shitty fucking way that they have things going right now. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, I'll be, uh, it's like we said, like, this is like them just kind of like teasing, like, hey, we've got like ideas for seven, you know, like, so I'm curious kind of what this turns into, you know, if yeah. they're like, hey, we have ideas for seven, but, you know, maybe only four more end up coming and it's like a little trilogy of the American one or something, right? Or, who the fuck knows, but... Yeah. So... But yeah. I mean, it says here they got a TV series in the works, which, that could be alright. Yeah, they, it has the potential. Again, it's all good. It's, it's continuity for me. Yeah, fair enough. Like, I, it fucking drives me nuts when you have a character who plays someone, and then they're like, yeah, I'm done, and they're like, okay, well, this is a main title character, so we're just gonna recast him. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. It's my biggest gripe with so many different franchises, and it's my biggest piss off about the DC universe, how they have one set of actors playing superheroes on television and then get a completely different set of actors to play those same superheroes on the big screen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. I feel like with DC, their problem is like they just treat TV as like its own fucking thing. Like they never try to tie into it. Yeah, and it's absolutely stupid. Like, it'd be one thing stupid if they said, okay, the TV actors are different because it's TV, but then we'll pull all of these together in some, like, multiverse thing, kind of like what they're doing with the Flash movie, where you have the different Flash guy, you know, appear in the movie or something. Like, I'd, I'd be all right with that, you know, but it seems like they just kind of say TV is TV and we don't touch it. And it's stupid. It's a stupid fucking plan. Yeah. Because if there was that continuity between the fucking DC film universe and the DC TV universe, I would be more inclined to get involved with their television shows. Yeah, fair enough. But the movies are always bigger budget and they're better shot and they are more exciting and have a lot more going on. So for me, because the continuity like just crushes my OCD so much, yeah, I pretty much have to choose. It's like, hey, I either watch the DC films and I you know, feel comfortable about who's playing the superheroes in the films, or I watch the TV show and I associate those actors with the superhero. It just, it irritates me to the point where I I won't do both. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I see you typed into the show notes. You found out what happened to Jeremy Piven. Yeah, we'll get to that when we uh, get to what we watched. Okay. Yes. In other exciting, and by exciting, I mean not exciting news, because you're the only person in the world I know who watches The Crown. Uh, Fair enough. Uh, There's not a whole lot to this one. It was just a funny thing. But uh, So last week, uh, there was some rip from, like, the royal family that was like, hey, we think Netflix should, like, put a disclaimer in front of the show saying it's fiction. And uh, Netflix came back out and was like, now we're good, man. Uh, they're like, our audience is smart enough to realize this isn't a fucking documentary. Um, yeah. 
And I just found it kind of funny because I wonder if that's because that fourth season is maybe getting into, you know, some of the not pleasant times. I would imagine that's probably exactly what it is. You know, so it's like how they portray that, you know, on the show. They might be like, oh, that's that's not the image we want people to see, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of funny that Netflix was just like, now we're good, dog. Like, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. Hard pass. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there's not much to this other than I just thought it was a funny jab by Netflix to just be like, now oh, we're good, bro. Thanks, though. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> so, funny. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. But that's really all there is to this story. Fair enough. So then, we, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, I'm really excited about this. Yeah, for all mankind, another season. Yeah, um, ahead of its season two premiere, which, yeah, it, I think it's always good when they get renewed in advance like that, because then it lets me know that, like, hey, season two isn't going to be the last one. So. And I still haven't watched this one, so <laughs> I uh I really like it. Um I'm really excited for that second season. It uh it did some really cool stuff. And I like that main guy, Joel Kinneman. Yeah, I actually am quite a fan of his as well. Yeah, me too. Um Yeah. So like there's really nothing much more to the story other than hey, if you like this show, you're getting a third season. Mm-hmm. And the second season starts in February, which I want that sooner. But, yeah, Understandable. Understandable. But, yeah. That's right, cool. Then. Well, it looks like Spider-Man 3 is getting even more exciting with their, like, messed up universe that they're building here for this next one. Yeah. It, uh, it seems like they are going to, like, full-on go into the version of like the spider-man multiverse mm-hmm. like that animated movie did because um, this report here is and this isn't confirmed um is they're bringing back dr octopus from that uh second movie in the sam raimi movies yeah and same actor too yeah so that's the more and more, like, you know, pseudo leakage and reports we get from this new Spider Man, the more and more I'm intrigued. And I was already excited for it because Tom Holland is fucking Spider Man, is the best Spider Man in my fucking opinion. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. By and large, these new Spider Man movies have been substantially better than any of the previous ones. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I would agree with that. Although the Sam Raimi ones, uh, I really do like those ones too. Uh, see, and I liked the first one. I didn't mind the second, and I thought the third one was utter garbage because I fucking despised what they did with like Venom and the symbiote symbiotes and how yeah. he, whoever the fuck thought it was a brilliant idea to fucking cast Topher goddamn Grace as Brock. Yeah, like yeah, those are some of the castings where it's like. All right, you done fucked up, you're fired. Yeah, pretty much. Like, you need to leave, like, I, I don't, it just blows my mind. Yeah. I can I can understand rolling the dice on some characters, 
right? Like, just like everyone was like, oh my God, Heath Ledger as the Joker or even like Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker. You're like, "Ah, I don't know. But at the same time, from an outside looking in, it's like, okay, I, I see that casting choice and this could go really well or it could go really bad. Yeah. It could go either way. You're split in the middle. Like this yeah. is going to be brilliant or it's going to be trash. Yeah. With Topher Grace's Brock, it was trash from the beginning. There was absolutely no way, no way that was going to be a good casting call. No, no, nope. Sorry, mini rant, but <laughs> no, that's fair. Um, so you know, sorry to all the people out there, but uh, Sam Raimi's fucking Spider-Man trilogy is not better than the current one that is happening with Tom Holland. It's Fair just enough. not. Fair enough. And I mean, we can all forget about Andrew Garfield's fucking yeah, yeah, disastrous yeah. take. Yeah, you know, let's not talk about those ones. But, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm totally down for some weird fucking live action Spider-Man multiverse fucking movie. Why not? Yeah, and I'm I'm really like this just makes me more hype and more curious about how this is going to play out because. Like they're bringing that back the same actor to play Doc Ock, mm-hmm. but like it would obviously have to be some sort of weird parallel universe. I'm thinking because like yeah. it couldn't be a sequential thing from the Raimi trilogy because like at the end of Spider-Man Two, like Doc Ock dies. Yeah. So like I'm very or if it, or this is just a reboot and they're like he did so good as Doc Ock, so we're gonna reboot that character in our trilogy and bring yeah. him back. I don't I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, uh, yeah, I, I don't know either. Um, but I'm really curious to see how they pull it off, mm-hmm. you know, with all these live action kind of people coming from pretty much every Spider-Man trilogy. Um, yeah, I'm curious. I'm really curious how this plays out. Yeah, me too. Um, and I'm curious if they get all the other live action Spider-Mans to come back. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this one will be interesting. Yeah, very interesting. I mean, that, uh, granted, it was a totally different thing because it was a, the animated one, but that Spider-Verse uh, animated movie was amazing, and it did that stuff really well, but that also wasn't pulling in from a bunch of already existing live-action ones, right? Yeah. So, but yeah. Fuck. I I never thought they would go this route with the Spider-Man movies, but here we are. Yeah, I'm I'm just fucking hyped. Just yeah. all around just just pumped about it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh I'm excited for it. And then uh in other movies that are looking to expand into more. Um, Joe Russo, who did that extraction movie, talking about how he wants to make a universe in of those films. And and this is where this is see, this is something that I can get behind yeah. as opposed to the Kingsman, because the Kingsman, I feel like they're gonna be I don't know. Like I feel like it's almost hypocritical for me to say this. <laughs> but like he they're talking in for a universe of films in the extraction franchise they're not like oh we want fucking chris hemsworth to just keep playing his character it's like you got a little backstory during that film of like the group that he was in and his experience 
So like when they're describing a universe, it's just kind of like they're happening on the same planet. I don't think it's not as like, oh, the Kingsman, it's, you know what I mean? I don't know how to explain that better. I I would liken this more to instead of like a Marvel universe, which I feel like is what the Kingsman is trying to shoot for. This is more like a Kevin Smith view askew universe where they're individual stories. And like, maybe there's call outs or shout outs to, you know, the other films in the universe, but they're not necessarily like, you don't need to bleed them into each other. They can be completely standalone films. It just so happens that they take place in the same universe. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of what he talks about. Um, in this article too, like he, he's, he kind of is, uh, says like, like we've got a sequel with Chris Hemsworth coming up, you know, cause they're doing another one with him, but then he goes on like, you know, we got a bunch of, you know, characters that popped up in that first movie and he's like, so, you know, David Harbour's character, he's like, maybe you see a movie that's focused on him or his origin or something like that. Right. Where it's kind of like you said, like it's taking that character but it doesn't tie into the extraction i guess chris chris hemsworth story mm-hmm. right you know it's just like it takes place in that universe you know which yeah. kind of maybe seems like what this is you know yeah so, which yeah i'm i'm all right with this i uh i really liked that movie so i'm yeah. happy there's a sequel and i'm happy that they're interested in doing more um in that style yeah it was definitely a uh, a surprise uh, enjoyment for me. Yeah, like for it sure. looked it looked intriguing, and I was like, "Hey, well, you know, at the very least, this is going to be a decent film." And I ended up like very thoroughly enjoying it from start to finish. Yep, pretty much. I uh, I had a good time with it. Mm-hmm. So if they want to make more, sure, I'm on board. Mm-hmm. Make more. And then in probably the most concerning news that I've seen all fucking week. Yeah. A True Blood reboot, which sounds exciting. If you like True True Blood, which I did, I fucking loved that show. That was like one of my first like real forays, like a real deep dive into HBO television. Okay. Yeah. Was was True Blood when I was younger. So like I hear True Blood reboot and I'm like, well, the first one I actually quite enjoyed, but I'm totally game to see a reboot and like a new updated version of it. But then I see it followed by the words in works with Riverdale creator. And I go, God damn it so much. Yeah. Yeah. And like as someone that doesn't give a fuck about true blood, I'm like, Oh, cause I had that same thing. Like I had heard about true blood and I was like, Oh, a true blood reboot. I was like, eh, maybe that's when I actually watched true blood. And then I was like, Oh, not from the Riverdale creator. I'll just go back and watch the original ones. And yes, then the original ones were. It was really good, and yeah. it was just like sex and violence and like I don't know. It was it was so fucking good, and I'm just so sad and genuinely concerned about how this is going to pan out if they're developing it like the same people who did Riverdale and the newest Sabrina. Yeah, I'm even more concerned because it says it's it works at HBO, but I'm not seeing it say that it's going to be specifically on the HBO channel because HBO is Warner Brothers, which is also, you know, the CW. So when I hear 
Riverdale and Sabrina creators, I'm thinking, oh, fuck, are they remaking True Blood, but it's going to go on like the CW and it's going to be one of them teen fucking dramas? I I and, think that would be a fair assumption. Yes. And that's my fear because <laughs> True Blood is amazing if you allow the violence and the yeah. gore and the sex and the nudity. But if you strip all of that out to make it like PG, PG-13 friendly to you know, air Thursday nights on the CW, then you might as well just fucking kill the franchise. Well, I bet that's what they're going to end up doing. Yeah. That, when I, I mean, the nice part when I read this article is like, it reminded me that I should go back and watch true blood one day. Cause I've heard good things about it, but yeah, it was a good show. So yeah. this is, it got me mildly excited. And then, in the same breath, just utterly crushed. Yeah. And like the fans wouldn't like me saying this, but like, I totally get the business case of making this a CW show and rebooting it there that like, you could totally make that work nope. in the line of Riverdale. Nope. Business wise. Nope. You know, the, nope. the, the true bud people wouldn't like that. Nope. If you've seen True Blood, you would understand that there's no way to on the business side to make this a CW show. I mean, like in the sense of like, maybe don't like a one-on-one -on -one remake True Blood, but loosely take the name and the setting and make it a CW show. I don't even think you could do that because these are all based on books. Oh, are they? Yeah. Like the whole uh... True Blood thing was like loosely based on like um, a series of books called Southern Vampire Mysteries. Oh, okay. So like, and like, I'll be completely honest, I have not genuinely read them, but like I've heard of them and heard, you know, talk to people who have read the books and even going off the books, like that's why it was an HBO show. Like no part of True Blood was ever meant to be completely censored and like, yeah, yeah. super toned down. Like I, and so like, especially cause you have shit like the fucking vampire diaries and shit like that's for tweens. Yeah, that is true. So Maybe, I, I don't know, yeah. like, well, I'm, we'll have to wait and see what angle they're going to take if they're rebooting it, but it is going to be on HBO. Yeah. And it's going to maintain that, you know, 18 plus, which it by all accounts should be. Yeah. Or if they're like, oh, well, you know what? Fucking we're ending Sabrina. Riverdale's just a crapshoot. Let's, uh, let's get something else here. Supernatural's gone. We need something to fill our Thursday night block. Let's, yeah. let's reboot tree, True Blood for kids. <laughs> yeah. Here's an idea, Mr. <laughs> Creator of Riverdale. How about you focus on fixing that fucking monstrosity before you decide to take on another project? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, shoot another cult leader into space. Yeah, for fuck's <laughs> sakes. <laughs> yeah, fuck. So many plot holes that your own fucking actors... Don't are even... ridiculing the fucking very show that gives them their livelihood. Yeah. Like if it were not for Riverdale, like I never would have would have heard of KJ Apa. I never yeah. would have fucking heard of uh, you know, Lily Reinhardt or Camilla Mendez. Like those that's the show that fucking launched it. Yep. And that is their livelihood. That is their source of income right now. And even <laughs> them in interviews, they're going, I don't know what the fuck is going on. The show's so fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much they're like i don't know we show up and we get paychecks mm -hmm. pretty much yeah oh fuck oh cw Ugh. may you ever be our source of shitting on entertainment yep 
And uh, then yeah, I guess we've got to talk about the massive Disney dump. Yeah, so they had an investor's call, um, and they announced a lot of stuff, like kind of equivalent to like when Marvel does one of those big ones, or like when DC announced all of that. Um, they did the same thing, um, and I don't know if we'll cover all of this, but I can just run down some of these major ones. So, as far as Star Wars goes... They gave some updates on the Rogue One prequel spinoff. Um, they announced that Obi-Wan uh, series that they're doing will have Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader, which I think is kind of crazy. I never thought he would come back. No, that's pretty wild. Um, they're also doing two spinoffs from the Mandalorian show. Uh, so they're doing one that's set... Um, kind of based off of, uh, it's like Rangers of the New Republic is what they're saying, which rumors is that, um, I don't remember the actress's name that's in it, Gina Caruso. Um, the rumors are that it's going to be around her character and then they're doing an Ahsoka spinoff, uh, cause she was introduced and she's like a Jedi. For some fucking reason, they're doing a Lando Calrissian event series, which I couldn't disagree more. And then they got some animated stuff. Yeah, for those who are, uh, you know, doing little tallies on a piece of paper right now, eight. The number is eight. There are eight new fucking Star Wars films, spinoffs, and whatnot coming out of fucking Disney. Yep. And then um, Kathleen Kennedy is or no uh patty jenkins is doing a rogue squadron movie yeah which i'm excited for that's gonna be good yeah that i'm actually really excited for because i think patty jenkins is great and a rogue squadron movie could be hella cool um that seems like it for the star wars stuff yeah and and then a ton of fucking marvel stuff yeah so it's not quite clear as to what is like a legit series and what is just going to be a special. Yeah. Like for some of it, like, like we're getting a baby Groot animated special. There's going to yeah. be a guardians of the galaxy holiday special something yeah. called armor wars, which I'm going to guess is a special considering that like there are Don Cheadle's war machine is already doing that. Like Falcon and winter soldier or no, that's I'm getting those two confused. Yeah. That's Anthony Mackie. Yeah. So War Machine, but I would imagine, like, I didn't hear that as a series, so I imagine that's going to be a special. Yeah. With the premise being that he fights Don Cheadle's War Machine, fights to stop Tony Stark's armor tech from falling into the wrong hands. Yeah, and then it seems like a female Iron Man spinoff-ish, maybe? Iron Heart? Yeah. No idea who or what an Iron Heart is, so... Yeah, I don't know. Secret Invasion with Sam L. Jackson as Nick Fury. Yeah. So I imagine that's probably a special. I don't think Sam Sam Jackson's signing up for a for a Disney series. Yeah, and it seems like it's going to be like a weird hybrid because one thing I didn't mention with those Star Wars ones is like, uh, so the two spinoffs they're doing from The Mandalorian, they're going to have all three of those, like The Mandalorian and the two spinoffs kind of converge on like an event season. But like something like Obi the Obi Wan series or the fucking Lando Calrissian one might just be like limited. Mm-hmm. So 
seems like they're kind of doing hybrid stuff. Yeah. And then they gave us a date for Falcon and the Winter Soldier and a trailer. Um, that comes in March. Yeah, with Loki to follow in May. Yeah, and they uh, they dropped a trailer for the Loki one too. And then uh, their What If animated show is summer 2021. And uh, we had talked about this. I can't remember when, um, but Tatiana Masalami uh, was rumored for She-Hulk, and they finally confirmed that. And then yeah, Fantastic can, Four movie. Yeah, and they also confirmed Mark Ruffalo and Tim Roth um, are coming back for that She-Hulk sh- uh, show. Mm-hmm. So that's also interesting. But yeah, uh, Fantastic Four, yeah. Yeah, I think the big ones is there's officially a Fantastic Four movie. Yeah. We know we're getting an Ant-Man 3, yeah. which is going to also have the Wasp in it. Yeah. We know we're getting a Captain Marvel 2. Uh, that's been confirmed now. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness will connect directly to Spider-Man 3. So there's our, like, that's the confirmation right there that the new Spider-Man is going to have, is dealing with multiverses. Yeah. And then Christian Bale confirmed to be playing Gore the God Butcher in the new Thor movie. Yeah, and I think that was rumored, but it was never like officially confirmed. And then, what else did they say? Oh, they're not going to recast um, Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman, Boseman. Which I think that's probably a good call. Yeah. Um, I think there'd be a lot of backlash if they decided to recast especially yeah. so soon the rumors yeah. that were always going to be with with his passing that if they were to do another black panther it would focus on his sister because yeah. in the comics she also dons the mask right yep so i feel like that's probably where they're gonna head yep and, and then, then indiana jones 5 is officially in pre-production which won't be worth watching unless they bring back shia yeah. And then they're doing an alien TV show for FX, which I think that could be all right. Yes, I'm curious about that. FX is one of my like one of my favorite uh I don't know, cable channels, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like a premium like one where they're not afraid to go a little darker, right? Cuz it's mm-hmm. a paid paid channel, right? Um, and th- th- so you say some of the biggest news was up there. I think this is one of the like fucking coolest news. They're doing a fucking Pixar Buzz Lightyear prequel with fucking Chris Evans. Yeah, I think that's cool as shit. Yeah, I'm I'm down for that one. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. To me, <laughs> the bar on the biggest news is we're getting four more motherfucking seasons of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. Yep. Because that show is... I Like, for our generation, that's going to be... that's That show will go down as, like, Seinfeld for my yeah. generation. Oh, for sure. It is a fucking just... Sleeper came out of nowhere, massive fucking amazing show. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, is I still know so many fucking people who are like, yeah, I've heard of it. I've never really watched it. Like, if you haven't watched It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, my God, you need to watch it. Yeah. Because, like, their humor and their jokes and they push, 
the envelope of like what you can do on television. They're very akin yeah. to like a live action South Park where they do shit and you're like, whoa, oh fuck, how is <laughs> yeah. how are people gonna react to that? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, and then they announced that some of the some stuff is gonna come straight to Disney Plus. Um, a bunch of their live action remakes, so like Peter Pan. And Cruella Deville and the Pinocchio movie with Tom Hanks; those are all going straight to Disney Plus, and a bunch of new spinoff series, mm-hmm. including like Chippendale Rescue Rangers and the Mighty Fucking Ducks. Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah! Like, this is a fucking holy shit. Yeah, yeah. They announced uh, a fuck ton of stuff. It's uh, yeah. Yeah, this is a lot. I yeah, mean, it's it's a it's a metric fuck ton of just like it's a nonstop stream of exciting news. Yeah, I think um, some of the Star Wars stuff I'm kind of getting excited about. Some of it just because the Mandalorian has rekindled my excitement. So the fact that they're doing some spinoffs based on that, I think is too, cool. Too many. Yeah. I'm my concern, and it may not be a valid concern given that, like, I still haven't seen the last, like, the newest Star Wars film, and I haven't watched any of The Mandalorian yet. But, like, the biggest fear is always, like, you get a surprise, massive success like The Mandalorian, and they're like, oh shit, like, this is doing really well. We need to fucking act fast. And then they shove out all these spin off series and limited series and films based on the success that the Mandalorian is having. And then you just overwhelm fans. Yeah, fair enough. And you just, you try to squeeze too much blood out of a stone and then you end up diluting the quality that's going on in that universe. And you're just going to end up turning fans off. Yeah, that is true. My hope with um, some of those spinoffs is that they get Jon Favreau to like head them. And kind of keep that because what he does with the Mandalorian is he he writes and directs um, most of it, and then he has the same directors come back for each each season. So it's like the same people doing it. So it's not like it's like a unified vision kind of thing. Yeah, but the problem with that is there's only so much John Favreau to fucking go around. Yeah, that is true. And at what point does John Favreau? Because like that guy's been around the block and he's done like everything from you know these big massive marvel successes to you know like boogie nights and like yeah like so he's he's kind of a big fucking deal and i have to yeah. imagine someone of his high level of skill and talent doesn't want to be locked into doing only star wars tv series for disney for the next five years unless that's what he wants like and, and, I, and I know i'm not john so maybe yeah. he does but i have to like if you look at his resume he's He's oh, wide yeah. on the spectrum, right? Oh, He's, yeah, for sure. You couldn't ever, like, typecast him as, like, he likes to direct or write these specific types of movies. He's wide-sweeping, which leads me to believe that, you know, however much time he wants to continue writing and directing before he decides to eventually retire, mm-hmm. it's like, I can't imagine that he only wants to do Star Wars. Like, there's no way he doesn't have, like, other passion projects or ideas in his mind where he's like, oh, I'd like to do a film about this, or I'd like to do that. Yeah. Right? So, like, locking, like, there's no way they lock him in for all of these different things, right? Yeah. Unless it's something that he's passionate about, but who knows, right? 
Yeah, well, then he'll just end up burnt out like uh, Sorkin. Yeah. Or, uh, not Sorkin. Um... Yeah, I'm spacing here. David Fincher. Fincher. Yeah, that's yes. right. Fincher. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this is, yeah, this is a lot. It's a lot for Disney Plus, too. Like, they're they're making, I guess, subscribing to Disney Plus an easier decision. Yeah, no kidding. You know? So it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot, Disney. Yeah. Yep, that's a that's a ton. I'm also like really curious about what that alien series looks like on FX. Yes, I will check that out because I yeah. I like how FX does things differently. Yeah. So I will I will give it a an honest college try there. Hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of curious about that and kind of. They say the series is set on Earth. Uh, you know, which I that's not usually where you would place an alien movie, but yeah, why not? Yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. But yeah. That's it for news this week. Yeah. And you watched a handful of stuff. Yeah, most of it was just like finishing some stuff up and some like, so like I watched Big Mouth. Okay. Yep. Netflix just launched the fourth season. Right. And I have a lot of friends who are like, oh, do you watch Big Mouth? Like, you watch South Park, you probably love Big Mouth. And I never really gave it a shot. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'll give her a go. So I think I did, like, two seasons. Okay, yep. And it's funny, and it yeah. is that, like, crude humor that I like, but it's mm-hmm. it's not... I it's, like It's, it's weird, a- and it sounds bizarre, but I like a level of sophistication fair. for my fucking crude humor. Yeah, fair enough. And, like, that's just straight up crude toilet humor yeah like i i kind of equated to like another one of those cartoons you know what i mean yeah i mean there's definitely some episodes i watched where i see them do things and i'm like yeah that's pushing the fucking envelope for sure i'm genuinely a little surprised that like netflix is just totally chill about this yeah and it is funny and like there's so many of those characters that i like or like actors voice actors on like i love nick kroll yeah. And Jason Manzuko's, I think, is absolutely hilarious. So, like, I don't know. It's it's decent. I wouldn't rate it anywhere near my top shows. I don't think it's comparable to South Park, even in the fucking slightest. No, but I mean, like, what is, right? Yeah. You know, it's... That'd be like comparing, you know, the goat to, you know... But... But yeah, I haven't watched the latest season of Big Note, but, but I've watched all the other ones, and I kind of put it into that thing of, like... I throw it on as I'm playing games and I kind of get some chuckles here and there kind of thing. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's another one of those animated series, right? Yeah. That's you pretty know. much how I've been treating it. Yeah. And I think in that regard, I think it's, it's fine, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I stumbled across while I was laying in bed and I wasn't sure what to watch. There's like a Amazon prime documentary called Ted Bundy falling for a killer. Okay. And I think it's only five episodes four or five episodes and they're about an hour each okay but it's like for the first time ever the long time girlfriend of ted bundy like actually sits down and like does interviews and like tells you know what life was like for her like did you watch the ted bundy 
Netflix one with uh I did not know. No? No. Oh man, why can't I think of his name now? Zach Efron? Yes. Yep. No, like I uh like I heard they were good, but like when it comes to those crime docs, I kinda like the ones you know about people that I haven't heard of. Mm, that's fair. Like like I want a new story versus like just a retelling of like a famous one. And that's understandable. See, this yeah. was just interesting to me because like first and foremost, you should go watch that one with Zach Efron on Netflix because it was fucking okay. good. All right. Like really, really, really good. Okay. And um in that show, Lily Collins plays Zach Efron, aka Ted Bundy's like girlfriend. Cause like the whole time he's going on and like disappearing and killing all these girls. Mm-hmm. He's in like a long-term committed relationship with a woman who has a kid. So he's like a stepdad and he's in this relationship and it's kind of like weird. Like why was, what was so special about her where like he never did anything to her, but did everything to all these other girls, especially cause like when you look at his victims, you know, they all share similar traits with like long dark hair and parted in the center. So it's like she okay. was definitely his type of victim, but there was something about her where like, he just dated her and loved her and stuff. But it was super interesting because, like, no one's ever, like, really, like, talked to her. Like, ever since the Ted Bundy thing, she refused to give interviews. Okay. And in this, like, in this documentary series, like, she sits down and she's like, yeah, this is what it was like. This is the side of Ted that I saw. And, like, they also get interviews with uh, Ted Bundy's brother, which was pretty rare. And... um okay. The daughter, like his like stepdaughter, I guess, in this situation, like gives interviews about like what it was like growing up as a kid with Ted Bundy as her like stepdad. And it's like it doesn't humanize Ted Bundy, but it like it just shows you this like wild and different perspective where, you know, to this family, they're like, hey, like we realize like there's something wrong with him and he did all this terrible stuff. But like when he was with us, he was like an amazing pseudo husband he was an amazing stepdad he did all these wonderful things and it's just interesting to see both sides of how some of these killers live yeah yeah that actually kind of makes me more intrigued if they're getting like hey interviews and like kind of you know parts of it that have never been done before Mm -hmm. that actually kind of piques my interest a little bit and the whole ted bundy thing is just a wild fucking story in general yeah that is true it's kind of this insane story yeah so i ended up burning through that pretty quickly and quite enjoyed it and then i finally finished off because i watched the first three and didn't finish the last two for the the other nexium documentary called seduced okay yep and i honestly think that this one was a little bit better than the hbo one okay because the hbo one just felt like it was dragging on and they were just throwing filler in there and it wasn't very exciting and with hers because it's all this one was all done by uh and now I forget her name. India. Yeah, India that's right. Oxenberg. Where she like tells you all the stuff that they didn't really say right. in the other in the other documentary. Because the other documentary was more so focused on like Keith Raniere and like where everything came from and like, you know, towards the end they touched on DOS and how things got a little out of hand, and then like in yeah. India's doc, she's like, Oh yeah, here like 
that's not even half of the fucked up shit that was going on. And she just like completely opens the doors and was like, I was doing this and that, and then this was going on. And like, it's just wild. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's the supplemental version where like the HBO one, you hear the story, what's going on and how, what, and like if things are crazy, but they don't really go too in depth or too in detail right. about how wild or bad it was. And then in her documentary, she's like, I'm a fucking say everything. Yeah, okay. Look at all this wild shit that was going on. And it was just interesting because they really painted that one director, writer, director guy who did the What the Bleep Do We Know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the HBO one, they painted him as like, oh, he joined and, you know, was an active participant in some of these things, but then started to realize it was bad. And now he's helping everyone take down Nexium. And yeah. then in her documentary, it's the same thing. Like, yeah, he's turned a corner. But you actually get to like see footage and she tells stories of like, oh, he wasn't just like, you know, passively involved in some of these things. He was part of this fucking group and would do this, which is a horrible thing. Like doesn't like make him out to be a crazy villain. But I feel like given his participation in the HBO documentary, they definitely left a bunch of stuff out to keep him kind of painted in like, oh, he was brainwashed and he did some not so great things, but he never did anything horrible. And then in like her documentary, she's like, no, he's not a monster, but he definitely did a lot of like a lot more and a lot worse things than you fucking thought he did. Yeah. So, yeah, hmm. yeah it was super duper interesting. Yeah, I watched, I think I watched the first episode of that one and then I finished that one and I just kind of like... As I finished it, I was like, you know what? Like, I, I kind of have my fill on this story. Like, I was like, I don't need, I don't need more of it. So, I never mm -hmm. ended up watching the rest. But it is kind of cool to know that, like, it, it actually adds more stuff to it. So mm -hmm. I'd be more inclined to, you know, maybe check it out. You know, a couple months down the road when I've kind of forgotten, forgotten about it. Yeah, I could totally see myself coming back to it now, being that there is, like, that new information, right? Yeah. So that's cool. Mm -hmm. And just like while I'm on the topic of like all this stuff, so like I I put in our notes here that I found out you know what Jeremy Piven's been up to. D did he go into a cult? No. <laughs> I, I last night I was laying in bed. I couldn't decide what to watch, so I was browsing like random shit on Amazon Prime. Yeah. And I came across a documentary called like uh Fifth Encounters Close Close Encounters of the Fifth like not not the movie Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. Okay. But um it was kinda to that extent. Okay, okay. I'm gonna try and fucking fifth contact, maybe. Oh man, like I can't believe I forgot what this is called. I literally just fucking watched it. But it was yeah, it, it basically it's a documentary about aliens. Okay. So and like I and was fuck. Jeremy Piven in it? No, he wasn't in it, but I made it about halfway through before I realized that he was narrating this whole thing. Oh. Yeah, oh. I was, yeah, I was like, that voice sounds real familiar. And like, I couldn't put my finger on it. I couldn't put my finger on it. And then all of a sudden I'm like, that's fucking Jeremy Piven. That's Jeremy Piven's fucking voice. I really hope he just took that as like a quick paycheck. And I, hopefully that's not all of the work he can get. Like, oh man, what was it called? Close Encounter or something. It's new though, too. Like it's uh -oh. 
Okay, yeah, I found it. It's it's uh, close encounters of the fifth kind. Contact has begun. And okay. it's a, it's a two hour documentary, huh. and it fucking it came out this year. Like it came out twenty twenty. Huh. So yeah, he, and Jeremy Piven narrates it, and it was like honestly at the beginning it was interesting because like their whole thing is they talk about like whistleblowers and scientific experts about like aliens and visiting and ufos and all this other stuff and it kind of starts out like a we think that shit's really going on and like here's some some scientists and like actual people you know from like the cia and the department of defense and like all these like groups that are like yes we have you know proof and we know that there's some like sketchy shit going on out there so like it was super interesting but then in the last half it's pretty much strictly focuses on this this guy named Dr. Stephen Greer and it okay. turns out, and he makes this fucking wild claim that aliens don't work on the same like level as like humans like everything is through consciousness and somehow he's figured out the ability to basically like summon aliens and spacecrafts through like meditation oh okay he, yeah so he like takes groups out to the desert and they have this like focused meditation and then like ufos appear in the sky and at do one point folks pay him to do that i don't know like i but it's like that's so like the whole last half of this movie is just like him talking about how he's contacted aliens and he's like made connections with them like through higher levels of consciousness and through like meditation and shit like that and there's like even an app that you can download called like 5ec which is like the something the fifth enlistment counter rules or i can't remember but it's like an app you download and it like walks you through how to meditate to like connect your consciousness to like extraterrestrial beings and all this other shit and that's just kind of where i was like that's also around like in the middle when they started going down this road that I realized that that was Jeremy Piven narrating. And I'm just like, man, he's really fallen from fucking grace. Uh, yeah. Cause like he's narrating this. So he's reading out a fucking script about how you can go into the desert and get into a circle and meditate with a group of people and basically summon and connect to aliens. Uh, yeah. And he's reading this out. So it's like, Oh, poor Jeremy. Like what happened? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Huh. Maybe he burned some bridges or something, and now no one will hire him or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It was super duper fucking bizarre. The first, I, I just, I love alien documentaries. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, like I just find them so interesting, and like as absolutely ridiculous as it is, I absolutely love the show Ancient Aliens. Okay, yeah, sure. But honestly, like that show, I more so love, like if you take out the, or was it ancient alien astronauts? Like if you take that part out, it's really cool how they show different parts of the world and like, you know, the pyramids and all these crazy things from around the world and just like ignore the alien part for a bit. But I, I love all these documentaries and that's the whole reason like, I'm like, oh, a 2020 documentary about aliens and it like, it looks like it's got high production value by like just seeing like the preview on prime oh yeah because that's one thing that turns me off of documentaries is like i see the documentary and it's just like a bunch of like really shitty 
like handy cam footage that's like poorly edited together. Right. Yeah. But like this one looked like, you know, someone took the time to like legit edit it. It was well polished. It had like a real soundtrack. So yeah, that's what brought me in. And then, yeah, halfway through, it's like, holy shit, that's Jeremy Piven. And he's yeah. narrating the most absurd and ridiculous things that I've ever fucking heard. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's fair. I, I have the same thing that with like alien documentaries, but like, um, like a good treasure hunt, like real life treasure hunt like shitty documentary like i'm a oh, sucker yeah, for yeah. those two where it's just like they're never gonna find this and this probably isn't real but but i watch it anyway i can't do those ones like i keep thumbing back and forth when i'm like flipping through some of the netflix and primes for that like curse of oak island uh, i i religiously watch the curse of oak island and it's just like oh man the more i watch it the more it reminds me of stuff like like the alaskan gold miners where it's like yeah all like it's so fucking boring and nothing's happening and then right before a commercial they try to build it up like something crazy is gonna happen but then nothing ever fucking does same reason i hate i fucking hate the show ice road truckers okay yeah especially because like i've had to i've driven on fucking ice roads before Uh, yeah and i can tell you firsthand it is not that dramatic and it is not that fucking exciting. You put her on cruise control and you go like 10 kilometers a fucking hour. Yeah. And you just go straight. <laughs> yeah. And how they managed to turn that into a TV show is beyond me. And when they go, oh, with weather worsening, so and so pulls over, debating whether to brave the storm. And I'm like watching and I'm like, that's not even that fucking bad. Like, pull her to the side of the road, put some chains on, go up the hill. Like, this isn't... Like, I drive in these conditions all the fucking time. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. The key to, uh, like, shows like The Curse of Oak Island is to take them at for what they are, which is just a bunch of horse shit. Um, and then discover a community like The Curse of Oak Island subreddit that now just has made it into a meme and drinking game every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically just has a really good time and always laughs that they never find anything. Like, the key is to, like, watch them with that mentality. And that's, like, exactly what I do when I watch it. I'm like, I'm going to have a few drinks and I'm going to watch them dig this hole and find a button and fucking laugh about it. You know? That's why I can't bring myself to watch shows like that. Because, like, there's so much time involved. And they try to play it up with, like dramatic exciting things that may happen and then the commercial break ends or like if you're if you're streaming it like the cutscene ends you just go right to the next scene and nothing so like i can't i can't bring myself to watch a docu-series where nothing happens for eight fucking seasons yeah that's fair that's fair totally fair anyway yeah that's 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 all i fucking watched this week well that's not bad i didn't watch a whole lot, but uh, I did watch Wayne. You finished that one? Yeah, I finished that one. It was pretty good. I uh, I quite enjoyed that. Yeah, how'd you feel about the ending? Um, I mean, th- they definitely need a second season. Yes, they. I I agree, and they are getting a second season. Yeah, but like considering this was a YouTube original, it was a good ending. Where it's like, yeah, I want a second season, but if this was just ends up being a limited one-off. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that is fair. Um I'm really curious what they do with an actual like decent budget. You know, coming from like a YouTube original, like I'm guessing they didn't have all the money in the world. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm I'm kind of curious what they end up doing with like some Amazon money. Um, is it like it was really good, but you could definitely tell it was like on the smaller scale, right? Yeah. Um, which didn't hurt it, you know. Like I think it actually made it stronger. Oh, um, I agree. Because you know you had that thing of like, okay, here 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 are these tight knit kind of you know moments and stories, you know, driving on this bike or whatever, right? Um, and I think it worked really well. Um, yeah. I uh I enjoyed that show more than I thought I would. Um yeah. How did you feel about that out of left field fucking cop when he took his shirt off to fight Buddy? I thought that was fucking amazing. Yeah, I was like, what? Did <laughs> yeah. not see that coming, just covered in fucking Thai prison tattoos. And it's like yeah. holy shit. He used to fight for his life and Yeah. Yeah, I thought um like that show gets absolutely ridiculous um in a lot of places and i think they do that really well yeah um where they're just like we're gonna go so ridiculous and so over the top that you're just like what the fuck um and but they pull it off really well uh usually because uh they do like we're gonna do this absolutely ridiculous thing but we're gonna do it humorously um and i think they do it right like (laughs) the part that had me just fucking laughing was um, when he's tied up at the golf course and she comes in with the chainsaw. Yeah. And you think that she's just going to like run towards him and she just like underhand like girl tosses it at the dude's foot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like uh, some of those ridiculous moments was just like, holy fuck. Um, I think the uh, the chemistry between those two, like the main love interest. Yeah. I think they that's really good. Like they play off each other really well. Um, yeah, they do. So I like I I want to see more of that just because like they they play off each other so well that I'm like yeah, give me more of that team up, right? And like spoiler alert to anyone who hasn't fucking seen the show, but that twist where it turns out like he didn't just chance encounter her selling cookies and that was the you know like to have that twist at the end where it's like oh he's actually like been looking out for her and into her for like a long time yeah i thought that was like an interesting twist and i was like oh fuck now that like she realizes this does this like repulse her like does she feel creeped out that he was like stalking her but then it just like cements their most like super fucked up relationship even more yeah and i don't know if that was meant to be a case of like he's been like protecting her numerous times or if it was just like he happened to be there for that one thing you know, when he was doing his thing in that neighborhood, mm-hmm. you know, I, th- I think you could probably take that both ways. Yeah. But I almost feel like it wasn't the intention. It wasn't like, oh, he's been doing this like seven or eight times, like stalking or kind of thing. I think it yeah. was like he was just doing the Wayne thing where he was helping someone out one night in the neighborhood and it yeah. just so happened to be her. Right. Um, but yeah, it's good. I'm uh, I'm curious where they go with the second season. Yeah, like me what, too. what that story looks like kind of thing um yeah yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm happy that they renewed it definitely because like i was pretty pissed when they decided that they were just gonna fucking axe utopia because i got right into that show so this is kind of like i consider it prime making amends mm-hmm. you got rid of utopia but you're gonna you're gonna do a second season of wayne so i'll forgive you yeah yeah I'm uh I'm really curious where they go with the second season and I'm really curious um 
I would hope it's the same creators and all of that that are doing the second season. Um, Fingers I'm, crossed. I'm really curious if it is them, you know, what they're able to do with a little bit more kind of resources, you know, versus like, hey, we did this, you know, small budget YouTube thing, you know, mm-hmm. you know, because I, yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm totally down uh, for more of that show because it was nice. It was a nice short watch. It was like eight or 10, 30 minute episodes. So. Like, it's not a long watch um, at all, which is nice. Yeah. So, yeah. Wayne, that show is cool. People should check it out. And then I uh, I started uh, catching up on The Crown, so you can tune out, like, right now if you want. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I've been uh, slowly catch up, not catching up on that, and it's, if you like British dramas, then it's, it's more of that and how I explain that to people is like a good British drama is like a well-acted and well-written soap opera. None of the problems matter, but it's done really well. And if you're into that, it's cool. <laughs> oh, that that's fair. Like not my forte, but I mean, uh, yeah. it seems to be doing really well. Uh, yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, the crown is weird too because uh, they have Claire Foy as the queen in the first two seasons, mm-hmm. and then they because it goes it follows like her life like they recast her in later seasons, and a lot of people don't like that like me included like I don't I like Claire Foy as her, mm-hmm. um and I don't like that they're she's not going to be in the later seasons which I think is kind of weird but but yeah I mean it's it's solid it's uh it's pretty much what I figured it would be which is hey it's more the crown no you know it's really really well shot um like it's beautiful cinematography but yeah that that's my update on the crown is it's it's good british tv did you on an unrelated note but like talking about like television shows because i know we talked about american horror story but for some reason i can't remember did you make it through 1984 already yeah we talked about that last week why, for some reason, I can only remember talking about Armageddon. Uh, well, I finished Armageddon and then watched all of 1982. Mm. But yeah, no, I believe we talked about that last week. I'm losing yeah. my mind here. Fair enough. The last couple of weeks have just been fucking hellacious. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I'm... Uh, yeah. I'd, it's kind of nice... To, to be taking a little bit of an American Horror Story break, like as good as the show was, like it's kind of nice to be, you know, catching up on some of the backlog. And mind you, I'm, I'm just kind of adding to the backlog too, but because I'm like, oh, that show looks really good. Oh, it was so good. But, uh, but yeah, that's all I watched. It's not too much. No, another kind of slower, slower week in the entertainment world. It wasn't too bad. We got a few juicy articles, but I mean, around this time is usually when things start slowing down anyway, so. Yeah, until Christmas blockbusters. Which we'll be watching at home, yeah. I guess. Yeah, well, <laughs> I will, I'll be fucking definitely checking out 1984 mm. when it comes out at home. But, yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, which, that's that's real soon. That's in like less than a week. Is it? I thought it was on the. I thought it was going to be in, on like the twenty sixth or the twenty fifth. Hmm. 
Okay, yeah, it comes out Christmas Day. Yeah, oh, so okay. that's a couple of weeks. But oh, that's uh, Tenant gets its home release, I think, like this week or something. Well, I already saw Tenant, so don't yeah. need to worry about that. Me too. But yeah. But yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll just uh, end her there. Yeah, I think and so. Catch you on the next one. Later.